This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have what you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. And a very warm welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Weekend Eclipse Podcast. My name's Lee Keys of SystemBet.co.uk, and with me this evening are John Ling of John Joe's Blogspot, and back again is Catherine Fry. From the Irish, the Irish angle. She's got some gems this weekend for you um, at Bellystown and Market Raisin. So stay tuned for those folks. Um, before we get on to our tipping section, we always take in a few questions. We value our questions from um, our listeners, Twitter followers, etc. Please fire them in because we always try and answer, uh, answer everyone. And uh, before we get on to the questions, John, uh, what are we saying? About the um, clerks of the courses at the <laughs> we're not very happy. Yeah, go on, John. Uh, now, now look, <laughs> stop trying to push me buttons here. Um, now, I think it's important that we point out, to be fair, clerking is an extremely dangerous job. <laughs> if the thought decanter was to explode or some flag route went the wrong way, it could be curtains. <laughs> So we don't need to be a little bit considerate of the failings in these situations. I um, actually had a look at uh, 17 minutes past three today on the post site to see what sort of information these boys were giving out, uh, boys and girls, I should say, with respect to Miss Eagledon at Beverly. Um, Doncaster, 7.4, good. Given as good to firm. It's good. It's not good to firm. Um, we have records that tell you it's good at 7.4. Um, Newton Abbott, 6.5 given as good. Now, that's soft. Um, Sandown, where we, we're still waiting on a rating, I believe, for tomorrow's card. I don't think he's been out with his stick. 5.6, good to soft. That's soft ground. Are you going to tell him where to shove his stick one day, John? Well, I think he knows where I think he should shove his stick. Um, I, uh, I, I did mention that he shouldn't be poncing about on the telly giving Lydia interviews when uh, he's got a stick right in to provide for punters, but as per usual, they don't give a monkey's about people putting their hard hand on the arses. It's all about poncing about and cultivating beards these days, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Well, cultivating beards. Imagine, <laughs> imagine John. Beard on Cooper. Um, yeah. It looks a bit like the joke of Kent did 25 years ago. <laughs> Quite impressive. Um, what turning up for the tennis with the uh, yeah, with, with the Margaret, Margaret yeah. play half the time. Um, <laughs> now here, Doc, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, Tell Rong's given us a. Good, good to firm in places with a going stick of 7.3. That's probably about right for there. So on this important weekend, we've got Tellerong, probably the most accurate clerk, which is a bit worrying. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I mean, obviously I'm 
I'm up at dawn's crack these these days. And, and How is I, I was. How's dawn getting <laughs> on? Yeah, she's great in the morning. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Why are you up at Sarah's fart every day? Uh, Check the fart. I get pissed too early, and then and then and then you know, and you just fall asleep in chair. You know, like a bit like Father Jack. Uh, um, you know, then you you just end up yeah. It, 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 does your missus come down and find you dribbling and everything in the chair? It, 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 it is literally like that sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I have felt I've been urged urged to get to bed, and you know, it's like uh, 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 just you know, um, Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So yeah, um, but yeah, you have got the lot on the arse. He's getting in that condition, isn't he? <laughs> well, you have to do it to numb the brain because there's that much, you know, um, skullduggery in this game and and you know sorcery going off that um, you just have to stay, you know, numb and uh, numb to it all. Really, numbs the brain on the bad runs. But yeah. Um, he does. He does. It's a great remedy. I know. What can you can you believe this show? It's like it's a gamble away, and I'm I'm, I'm yeah. advocating gambling yeah, and drinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. This is terrible advice. So anyway, I was looking this morning on the. There was no updates from Doncaster. No stick reading from Doncaster before. I think it was about half past eight. Um, absolutely zero from Sandown. Sandown's last going update was sort of yes, and this was at 9 a.m. Sandown's last going update was yesterday morning at 7.45. And Turf Tracks produced a map of Sandown, um, if anyone's lost and can't get there. Um, (laughs) They they produced their going map at 9.28 a.m. the day before, and nothing, absolutely nothing all morning on the day of racing. It's an absolute disgrace how racing is running this Right. It's the eclipse meeting. I mean, yeah, we've yeah. already got like a, a, a brilliant eclipse field for tomorrow, and you know, it it's, how, how, <laughs> how 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 can you not how can you not support you know an eclipse field such as that tomorrow? You know, and, and, and your flagship meeting, you know, and with with you know, and no wonder they've got four runners. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, so I, I just. I just think for punters, John, it's like it's like they just last thought every time. Everyone's waiting, like like Andy Richmond today. Andy Richmond's been on Twitter and he he's saying he can't, you know, like he's waiting for Beverly's stick and ground to make his bet. And like he said, oh, we'll walk the walk yeah. the course halfway through the afternoon for the evening meeting. What idiots! Don't, don't they know that the market's open really at nine thirty a.m. on a morning? And it's just pathetic. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I mean, the VHA just oh, God knows what game we're going to have in ten years, but it's not going to be good, and it, it's just not. And this is this is the start of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, anyway, your first thought would be that the clerks can't be asked to do it, but then you'd yeah. think they've got all these lackeys. Why don't they just train a lackey to go down and take a stick reading? Mm. I think the, the reasoning is it's a little bit more sinister than that because I think the general consensus could be amongst clerks that the only thing we've got on them is a stick rating. Otherwise, they could do a Nicky Henderson rating and just flat bat it back and say, oh, no, that was the ground, no matter what. 
But if we have these stick ratings and we keep records like we did when we were doing Clark Watch, we do then have something to say, well, how come you're giving 7.4 as good to the firm when this time last year you gave 7.3 as good to soft, soft in places? You, you know, things like that. I mean, that's a bit of an oh, yeah. But it, it happens, you know. And if people do keep accurate records, it just tells you really about the utter filth that's going in the farm book a lot of the time. Yeah, for sure. It's a big problem. And as I've said to many people that have asked, you know, me, or, you know, if, if you were setting out on betting, what's the most important things? And it is ground. If you haven't got your ground, then it's just, you, you know, you're yeah. pissing in the wind. Uh, um, and you're pissing in the wind betting. If, you, if you're backing something for good to firm and it happens to be good, maybe slow side of good, well, you might as well just, you know, go for a drink. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Um, and, and literally, that's what they want. They want us all to become drunks, clearly. Um, so anyway, we shall move on. And um, we enjoy the uh, clerks of the courses. There'll be more on that, I'm sure, in future episodes. Um, first question is a, an interesting one. Uh, good listener of the show, Mike from uh, John's Facebook page, this one. And he says... He'd like to know what Aidan O'Brien's actual wins versus expected is for group races, and do we think, is there any correlation between their lulling form and changing feed off the back of an illegal substance last term? <laughs> As always, keep up the good work, guys. John, what, what's your thoughts? Well, I, I don't think it's anything to do with the feed, because we've still had the odd spectacular performance, haven't we, like the Philly and the Oaks? You know, whereas uh, if if you were saying there was a fade issue or anything like that, chances are that the Oaks release and Mark's Basilica, uh, so on and so forth, would not have occurred. You know, so I don't think it's that. I just think possibly as a particularly patchy bunch of three-year-olds, mm. he hasn't really got going with his juveniles yet, apart from that one that won an Ascot. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I can give Mike a, a, a few stats here. Um, uh, Aidan O'Brien is uh, 15% in Group 1s uh, since the dawn of time in in UK and Ireland. Right? So he's got a 15% hit rate. Something, something, according to the stats, has changed a little. Now, whether this is a scattergun approach, I don't know. But in 2015, Aidan O'Brien was 18% in Group 1s. In 2016, it was just shy of 20% in Group 1s. 2017, 19% in Group 1s. Then, here comes the dip. 2018, 8%. 2019, 9%. 2020, 11%. And this year, again, just 9%. Four wins from 41 runs in Group 1 races. Now, he had a scattergun approach a lot, which used to annoy John. The hell out of John, you know, like <laughs> every every group one, and, and if Aiden sent over five to run it, John would be like, here we go again, and that seemed to cut, that seemed to happen a lot in 2017, 18, 19. Um, but I'd just say it's more than that. His strike rate has proper dropped off. Do you um, think he's scared of the Middlesbrough ogre? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, either that or or, or John Irons off Twitter that keeps. Keeps branding around, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, medicinal help. Um, magic carrots. Uh, the magic carrots. 
But in, in answer to Mike's question fully, well, um, he's, he's, he's about par overall. But Mike, the last four years, Aidan has trained eight and a half group winners less than he should, group one winners than he should. So, okay. so he's not he's not doing that great. So something something in the last four years, and yeah. yeah, something is I don't know. How long is Ian Moore being stable, Yaki? I would say it's about four and a half years. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I don't actually know the answer off the top of my head. I don't. Yeah, um, um, but that's the thing that's possibly changed, isn't it? To be. Could be, but I'm, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was there. He's been there jockey a while. Um, I mean. I could probably run a very, very quick query live, I'm sure, as you do. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, the high percentage dominated by the Canadian stroke Murphy is, isn't it? So, you know, I mean. No, it it invalidates it because Ryan Moore uh, came to, uh, it was 2015. Right. So, and that coincided with the good times. The yeah. the, the real good the real good years for Aiden was 2015, 2016, 2017. They were in oh. fact, barring 2008, they were his peak years oh. as Group One, Group One extraordinaire. Oh, so, not your sorry, Ryan, you miserable little get. <laughs> <laughs> so, so something something has. As, as changed because they did the scattergun in 2017. That's what was known, John. And then they repeated it in 2018, 2019, and not as successful. Um, and then definitely not as successful this year. Um, obviously, just four wins from 41, which is uh, very, very disappointing. And in that, in, and in those four wins, um, you've you've got love that's obviously. Uh, an older older filly, um, the three three-year-olds of Mother Earth, the Thousand Guineas, um, Snowfall, the Oaks, and Empress Josephine, the uh, the Irish Guineas. Um, so not, and I, I suppose you could say St Mark's Basilica, but Joan of um, Arc. Yeah, 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 Joan of well, yeah, Joan of Arc. Yeah, of course. Sorry, the the, the French Oaks, the Diana Hermes. Um We don't count the French. <laughs> just rubbish um so yeah so anyway um basically uh in answer to your question mike no he's, he's shit um <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that mike the conclusion we came to was he's actually shit yes 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 yeah so right um in davis has been on um following on from well it's sort of related to this because he's talking about the derby and stuff and he says Richard, Richard Hoyles, who even after all these years reminds me of another enthusiastic schoolboy, has dug an essay out of his satchel and will argue in Sunday's racing post for the Derby being run in July. Are the bar stewards in the mood to entertain this idea for radical change? John, the perfect one to answer this. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, Concise. 
You know, I mean, it's, it's just it's crazy. The, yeah, the it's, Twitter mob's been after Alien and Ellen Ripley today because apparently it's uh, it's not uh, equal enough. Um, God just, knows what, what's happening there. I have no idea what's going on. Just, um, but I, mean, I, I used to like Epsom on Derby Days on a Wednesday because I used to love the stories when like some gypsy would turn up with a with a fake pitch and then take about three yeah. grand and then and 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 then and then if if the horse they'd laid heavy one they used to just bugger off. Mm. Um, <laughs> Remember that fake bookmaker. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I, I mean, that's that's proper sport, isn't it? You know, you turn around with your ticket and he's gone. Yeah, um, excuse me, can I pick up my... Uh... <laughs> um, all, all proper sport, that. Um, so, yeah, Wednesdays for me. The, the big open-top buses, you still love that. Yeah. Uh, what a sight. Yeah, um, so, no, Ian, uh, we, we, we're, not, we're not with you on that. Next question is from the shark. I uh, hope it's the shark handling. Could be. Could be. His, could be another secret account. But the shark off Twitter says, "John, is John on Wild Carno for the John Smiths after the uh, nice win from you and Glen today in the listed race? John, is this a nice form boost for the John Smiths handicap? Well, he's got a lot of weight at nine thirteen. I think the penalty might." discourage Kevin Rand from having to go, but if he does actually run, you know, I mean, you couldn't help him out, really. Um, I, I don't feel compelled to back him at this stage, put it that way. No, it is a, it is a rather large cumbersome, but like you say, I wonder if they've got other targets for one Elcano as well. Mm, interesting to see. Right, final question before we move on to some terrible tipping. No, it should be better than last week. We were unlucky last week and we deserve some luck, especially Catherine after a <laughs> brilliant tip on Dew Cup, which left her in a dark room. Still in counting. Like, I can't cope with it. Yeah, if Catherine drunk, she'd have definitely done half a litre of gin, I think, yeah, after, yeah. after Dew Cup. Um, anyway, so John Hines says. Um, if a top jockey has failed the drugs test, are we not entitled to know about it? And if it was a second offence, should they even be riding still? At the moment, it seems they're allowed to respond, wait for a B sample, blah, blah, blah. In which case, we may never find out it ever happened. John? I think in the interest of openness, we should know, really. Mm. Because you, you do get the impression that the They've sort of got it on their agenda to go easy on a top name rather than haul them over the coals like you'd think they would with an apprentice or a lesser known jockey, you would think. Um, and you, you just want a bit of openness, you want them to be seen to be even handed, I would say. Catherine? Yeah, I agree with John. I think that it, regardless of your sort of horrible word but status with within the game um you should be treated equally I, it, it's going to happen of course it happens but um yeah transparency is key and just treat treat every offense the same yeah i mean i, mean, I, I, I do like john he's a, he's, a, he's a good listener and um he's very anti sort of medicinal help and he's also anti whippies john um interesting we might bring that up on some sunday sermon debate maybe this sunday even um but yeah john i i would say this that i mean there's rumors rife at the moment 
and I'm not going to speculate who it is on here because I, I don't want any any lawsuits. But there are rumours that it's a top flight flat jockey that's that's failed uh, the first test, um, and it's going to a second one. That's all I'm prepared to divulge on the matter. But again, you know, it's uh, uh, do, do, you know what what do, what do what do listeners think? You know, get in touch with us on Twitter. You know, tell, tell us what you think. Would you would you think it's fair that everyone should know, or should this jockey be allowed to carry on riding, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? If that is, of course, the case. But rumours are pretty rife in the circles that I'm in, full of full of thieves and vagabonds. You know, that kind of circle and um, gin drinkers, of course. Um, so yeah, I mean, John, uh, I think we're in agreement. I think, I think, yes, we should be knowing, especially when the the piloting horse is at uh, 43, 44 miles an hour. Uh, yes, we need to know. Anyway, right, that's the questions. Thank you for them, and we always appreciate them and keep them coming in. Now we move on to the best part of the show, uh, which is the tipping. And we've got Haydock and Sandown this weekend, and we're going to start off at Haydock, guys. In the two or five, it's the mile and six handicap. Um, bet three to five, classic, valuable race. Fair play to to this hundred thousand pounds added, uh, fifty one thousand actually for the winner. Dushan heads the list at hundred to thirty for William Haggis Daniel Tudor. John, have you got a fancy in this? Yes, I'm going old blogger. I fancy Dushan. I think there's more to come at the trip. Um, there should be an ace even pace in the race, and uh, well, I, ju- I just think he's the one to be to be with really and he's not necessarily massive value but um, I found it very hard to find anything I thought would beat him really yep that's Dushan 100 to 30 for John going all blogger <laughs> for the first race of the day um, Catherine have you anything in this by any chance? No I, I haven't anything at Haydock I, I try and avoid Haydock like the proverbial um, purely because I just you can never ever really know what the ground's going to do um tomorrow we're forecast i think for the whole country quite stormy weather god knows how the ground will turn up there so i I tend i tend not to um with haydock just tend to observe because i just find out like i've just lost lost too much money there from the ground not being as it is and more so the jumps as well but obviously when it's like soup and that long running it's just it kills them so um i just yeah i, t- I tend not to uh, hey doc anyway but i'm interested in john going or blogger so you're going to rock up at hey doc and the old whistle and flute john and start showing your betting <laughs> slips off on twitter <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be around he'll be around some footballers padding borough after yeah, he's, but, after, yeah. He's, after he's showing his showing his thirty thousand win. I've got live on Facebook from the Tontan when I've drawn my winnings and I'll take <laughs> fill them with Are you gonna be are you gonna be pictured with some bird on your arm, like in the suit on, bird on arm, betting ticket, and then don't forget you gotta get on the champagne as well and you gotta, you know, be seen to selecting the champagne as well. Massive line of Charlie as well, just That's for talking Goes without saying, John. <laughs> A bit of toot and flute, you can't beat it, guys. Um, right, <laughs> right. This is a douche, and it's John's. And I would have made this a bastard special because, but I'm not going to. Only on the grounds that the ground, yeah. like Catherine says, you have to be very wary because the thunderstorms forecast could be quite potent. And this is a sea of the stars. It is Kendor on the dam side, which gives hope. But you know, 
if, if it turns up they're knocking the top off or whatever and it's all flying up, mud flying in the air, I don't like that kind of aid. But Dushan, other than that, if they turn up on good ground, you can have, have what you want on Dushan. Dushan's my nap of the weekend. It's, it's a future stakes horse. It's like very much in the mould of Illarab um, for Haggis last season into this season that's obviously ran in the hard week. Didn't, didn't make the grade in the hard week, but nevertheless, you know, you're not running a handicap off 92. Dushan, I think for me, is in that mould. And I think we'll progress right through to stakes level. So good selection from John, even though it's blogger S. I'll let him off because um, I've gone for it as well, being blogger also. 240 at Haydock is the second meet, the second race we're looking at the meeting at Haydock. Uh, it's the Lancashire Oaks. Obviously, very difficult tipping because we're, we, we haven't got a clue what the ground would turn up like. Obviously, at the moment, it's riding on top of the ground. Alpinista heads the market at nine to four. John, uh, your view here, please. Well, this race is pure filth, really, isn't it, for Lancashire Oaks? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not backing the Prescott arse purely on the grounds that I'm absolutely disgusted with the way Polar Ace ran at Chepstow earlier in the week. <laughs> just could not get my head around that. Um, the one I want to be with here is McCowie, because I think it's one of, well, I think it's a solo here that is likely to hit its rating. I've looked at the rest of them. They're either a bit jady, funky about the ground, or just assholes, really. <laughs> so 16 to 1, way too big. Nice bet each way, this, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I, like, I can't really argue with that, given the fact there's so many doubts around these. I'm not really interested in supporting the three-year-old fillies, really, although there's part of me that thinks of the horse there in Dubai Fountain, but as we know, it's trained by an idiot. So, <laughs> you've got... Yeah. So, you, you, I mean, he's been Johnson. I mean, poor Dubai Fountain has been Johnson. And this this filly could be quite nice, but I'm, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, it's one of those. It's very... If it came up soft, I'd be quite keen on tribal craft because I think she's a different um, mare this year. I think she's a lot better than last year. Two runs this year say she's better. Um, she got did get trounced by Alba Flora, which is fair enough. But I was quite impressed with the defeat of Urban Artist last time out um, at York. But, yeah, as I, I said, it's, it's a tricky race, really. I think, are we saying Peyton Gin for that race, Catherine? Uh, I, I won't <laughs> even just be, I, I won't even probably have an eye on Haydock. No, I, I mean, me and John, me, this is me and John will be heading for Peyton Jim, I think, for that race. It's a shame because it's a shame. Like Lancashire, I've always loved as a race, as a, as, as a youngster and everything. I've always followed yeah. like the, the, the three-year-old fillies taking on the older ones. It's, it's one of the earlier type races where the, that happens, and you're always fascinated to see like you know some of the decent three. But this year, the three-year-olds, I've just yeah. I'm a bit worried. Yeah, so Haydock, Haydock, um, it's just a shame about Haydock in general. I mean, like, as I said earlier, when we were talking before we came on, like, I, I used to work at Haydock and I love the place. So to see it as it is now is really sad. Well, I tell you, when it upset me were when they actually went portable fences. Yeah. And they took them, they took <laughs> them absolutely fabulous looking fences. Yeah. In fact, I will say this I've, I've been to loads of jump track in the north, especially. And, Haydock like blew me away when I first went as a as a teenager and and I saw them fantastic fences yeah. and you just thought how, what a sac- sacrilege taking them out 
Um, you know, it's just uh, so yeah. Uh, that old Ginger McCann he used to love them as well, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I mean, Adok then went all Worcester, and just yeah. You know, uh, there we go. Our Irish counterparts also won't be pleased at Adok this weekend. They love a good old pattern jumping, testing six foot deep ground. Um, we move to the 315. It's the old Newton Cup. The big, usually Nick Davis is bleating about one in here, John. I've not been checking his purse, but have we anything in the old Newton Cup, the 315? Well, poor old Nick tested positive for COVID earlier in the week. He so did. They were flawed. I'm hoping he hasn't been completely flawed and too ill to come up with a selection. But uh, in Nick's absence, I've, I've got a bet here. It is purely ground-dependent. But it, it is a bet at the start of the season. I thought I would, probably wasn't going to get. And that is Sir Michael Stout, my Frankel. Um, yeah. I confidently expected this to be having its comeback run after bombing out at York on good to soft. I thought he'd go straight back on the all-weather and we'd be take, well, being asked to take four to five in a five-runner handicap. Thankfully, he's uh, he's seen the lace. He's kicking on regardless. I think he'll probably have the sense to withdraw if the thunder hits. If not, I am confidently expecting to see a much better performance than we saw at York, providing that ground is as it is. I would urge anybody that's following me in to wait until there's about half a dozen in the stalls before actually yeah. taking the plunge. That's what I'll be doing. And uh, as I say, I am really, really confident of a good run from this, providing that the ground is good or quicker. Okay. Good advice, John. Good advice. Catherine, have you, nah. have you anything for this? <laughs> nah. And, nah. I can't wait though, to get onto the, the Irish and, and, and your big tip at market raise. Catherine is unbeatable on a holy day. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not putting any pressure on, but. The holy day, it's all about it's all about it's all about the placing on the holy day. Um and Catherine Catherine knows the score on that. But yeah, John makes a very good point on my Frankel. Um it is the ground, it's ground is absolutely key. Don't bother backing it tonight because if it if it does empty out, then it's just a waste of time. Um same for me really with Grand Bazaar and my blogger again. Uh, they have backed it though to it wasn't favourite, they've backed it into favourite. Uh, Grand Bazaar. I'm not saying it's an amazing price, but it is. It is a selection if you like. Um, I just don't think this horse has like reached its potential yet because it's mostly been in small fields and does like a, a, a quick surface. So Grand Bazaar for me, I, I think there's more to come. It could be. It could be an interesting Saturday for John Gosden. There's one or two of his I do like on the weekend. So um, yeah. Weather dependent here, Doc. Sorry, we can't be any more dogmatic there, but we are very keen on Dushan. If it doesn't rain too much, uh, me and John are basically, I, I think he'll lump on Dushan, to be honest, because I'll, I'll make him. I'll say, come on, John, let, let, let's have it. Let's have a good good start and get, get, get balls deep in the first. We love that. Um, yeah, so Dushan, Dushan to kick us off. Right, we move over to Sandown, where um, the ground today. Road genuine good to soft, I would say, on the straight course, on the sprint course, and good, yeah, shade slow on the on the round course. You'd say, I think that's probably fair. The one fifty race is the Coral Charge. Um, 
and the favourite is Came From The Dark, trained by Dead Walker at 7-2, to two, John. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit surprised it's favourite, actually, because earlier in the week, um, Arecibo was favourite, and uh, I was thinking, I've got to take that on, because it got proper lucky in the King's Stand. Collapsing pace, and I mean collapsing, um, it'll ride it exactly the same, because it's Spencer, and uh, for me, it won't get in this. Because um, I don't think they're guaranteed to go blasting like they did in the King's Stand. So, again, at risk of going full-on blogger, I think came from the dark. He's very well treated in this race. I think there's every reason to suspect it was unlucky last time against the Godolphin horse. And uh, even though only 7-2, I think 7-2 is really fair. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> He's probably the most likely to run his race, I, w- I would say, because, I, I, listen, I mean, if it turns up quick, which might be unlikely now, given what the weather is, like Lazuli would be the one if it turned up quick. Mm. Um, but it's probably not going to. I, you know, it's, it's difficult to envisage that. So I agree with you. I think came from the dark is uh, he's, he's probably uh, the most solid one. Catherine? Thought, uh, did you have anything there? In yeah, the, uh... yeah. Um, actually, I like the filly. I like keep busy. Um, I thought she, she's when she was fifty to one. I thought she ran an absolute blinder, and she's fifth in the King Stand. And she came out and won at air a week later. Uh, yeah. John Quinn's. He's had a few winners recently. She she looks a you know she looks a tough filly, and um, I think five to one's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, if there's one time I always say to catch fillies and mares, um, it is sort of around June, July time when the weather gets better, this, that, other. I've seen it many a time. Once once a filly and mare gets the form, you know, they can, they can yeah. hold it. And, and I, she's not been disgraced at all, um, you know, this season. And like you said, that, that was a nice confidence booster. It wouldn't be like peak form. Oh, exactly, you know, to, yeah. But it was just nice for her to get in front. Probably an easy race. Probably enjoyed it. So, yeah, I couldn't knock that out. Keep busy. has got some good form. Uh, drawn in stall one. Um, don't really see a problem with that at all. Um, pops out and tracks the pace. Yeah, keep busy with Brian Moore in the saddle. Five <laughs> to one. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's how I play the race. Obviously, got to wait for the ground. If he does somehow miraculously go quick and there's no thunderstorms whatsoever and it's really baking ground, then Lazuli... Keep, keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, Johnny's came from the dark and Catherine is keep busy. So we move on to the 225, which is the Mile Coral Challenge Handicap. A class two affair, quite a classy affair. Joint favourite, six to one, Quitted and Montatham. Uh, come to you, Catherine, first. Anything, anything for you here? <laughs> no, absolutely nothing for me here. Sorry. <laughs> Catherine, I knew you were going to do that. Abstain. Yeah. Um, so we go to the red corner, which is uh, John Lang. You must have a good thing here, John, in the Coral Challenge. Funnily enough, I think I have. Um, yes, we like I'm, rub hands. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going nap on one in this. And that's Pythagoras of Richard Fahey's. I like your theory. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Christ. You've been on the gin, haven't you? Oh. <laughs> oh. Laughing at his own jokes as well. Mate. That is 
horrendous. That was horrendous. <laughs> you you really wanted someone to say that, didn't you? So you could say that. <laughs> he, he said that now. He must fancy himself because he was well, like a three-inch IT with with one of them titanium balls. Brighton Deshambo wants to hit down fairway really hard. He's really mad. <laughs> anyway, John, sorry. This has been campaigned like they think it's a good horse, and Bob Ogden's had 17 year old misses there every time, and nothing to celebrate when they've gone home. <laughs> um, now, clearly, didn't see it out last time. What does so, she see in, in old Bob Ogden, do you think? Billionaire Bob Ogden. <laughs> <laughs> um, 17 year old girlfriend. That's a fan. <laughs> Uh, um, strongly run male, ridden handy, nice draw, corpse with dig in the ground. And I mean, it's been back from tens this week, but I, I don't really care. I think this will hunt these, probably in the style of Bob on uh, Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, th- I, th- I think, as well, just to put the, the icing on the cake, I think the. That there might even be um, a forecast opportunity here with oh. Magic Morning. I think uh, that could be the only danger to this collecting. I think uh, it wasn't really so intervene as handy as it was in the Hunt Cup, and providing this doesn't come too soon, I could say this run in a big race as well. But other than that, I'm uh, I'm quite happy I've got our bases covered. Thank you very much. Very, very good, John. There, Pythagoras. Um, quite well backed over that as well. Old Bob's getting stuck in as well as the 19-year-old John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, well, well, he, he doesn't take the 17-year-old to the races. It's too embarrassing. 19 for Bob in the in the parade ring. <laughs> Takes the other one. Yeah, the, the, the one I saw him with at York once, Jesus. Um, <laughs> it was a sight to behold. Um, anyway, Magical Morning is my selection, John, and I agree with you. I, I think that was given a, a, a shocking ride by Frankie in the in the Young Cup. Um, I think he's I think he's better than that. Uh, the only problem I've got with Magical Morning is store 11 and the fact that he's very keen early. So what is Greasy Frankie going to do? We don't know. You know, dig a forward and then pull hard out wide or then do you drop in and end up with a load of, load of traffic. So I'm I'm not that bothered. But Magical Morning would be the fastest horse in the race for me at the weights. I agree with you. That's the sort of threat to yours. So, yeah, very good job. Um, we move on to the three o'clock, which is the Coral Distaff. Statement is the uh, market leader at two to one. Martin Mead and Brian Moore. John, you? This is like a bad porno, really, isn't it? You know, you, know you should just sit there and just take your trap shot and watch it, really. Um, as it is, this is best for the selection. I will go with Castena. Uh, as good as most of these, I would say, and quite a durable filly. She's, she's done quite a lot this year for one of Gostons. I, I don't know what his average is for three-year-old fillies, how often he runs them, but she seems as though she's been busier than most. 
Um, I think 16 to 1 against what could be a dodgy favourite. I thought Statement was shit at Epsom, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should say what you really think, John, and don't be sitting on the vents. <laughs> you stuck a privileged shell of us, didn't it, really? Um, yeah. You know, brutally disappointed in the arse. Um, chest stand is about £3 behind on official figures, you, you know, and it's 16 to 1, and quite likely to run a race against a lot of moose shit. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean,. I agree. I agree with John totally in that the statement started the season off 86 um, and it ran second, obviously. She ran second to alcohol free, which is obviously cracking foot. You know, you just can't knock it. But you just think how fit were some of these back then, et cetera, et cetera. Then sort of ran crap in the guineas, like John says, ran crap at Epsom and turning up here two to one favourite. And there's a reason they've dropped to a listed race because there's just absolutely no chance in top company. And I just think, again, it's probably a false favourite. I'd look, look to take it on. I think two to one's a very, very poor price. Um, and, and I'd definitely be against Catherine. You any views here? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have a small bet on uh, Lucid Dreamer. I think whatever happened in the Fred Darling, you can put a line through it. Um, jinked violently left. And um, for that, her first two wins, she looked pretty good. That was the first run of the season in the Fred Darling. Um, jockey upgrade, I think, in David Egan. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that um be having a little bit each way on, on her. Well, it's interesting you mentioned her because she's been on my radar for a bit in terms mm-hmm. of I was hoping that they were actually going to go handicapping because... She's got a mark of 90. She's definitely better than 90. Yeah. Um, and, and she's by Dan Silly out of an Oasis Dream Mare, which means she wants top of the ground. So the only thing I'd say with that is let's hope that the ground doesn't doesn't go like slop. Because um, obviously both sides of the pedigree is Dan Silly Oasis Dream. Probably, you know, she, and she has been withdrawn on soft ground before. So basically we need the ground to stay on top for Lucid Dreamer. But I do like her. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd certainly mark. I'd, I'd, mark, I'd much rather, much rather take a chance on her at fourteen to one than statement at two to one, yeah. which is poor. So good choice, good choice, Catherine there um, with Lucid Dreamer. Um, keep and, an eye on the skies. Uh, yep, yeah, keep yeah, keep an eye on the skies, folks. So we move on to three thirty-five at Sandown, which is a big one, the cor- <laughs> the big one, uh, the, the cor- coral eclipse, the forerunner fanfare. The 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 uh, I don't know if they parade in front of the stand still, but that'll take all of ten seconds. Um, um, Mystery heads the market at six to four from the three-year-old St. Mark's Basilica, the big mudlark, a day but under to thirty, and El Drama for you pinstickers for the outsider of the field at thirty-threes. John Lane, what do you say? Well, as as you say, keep an eye on the skies. Well, we've got half an eye on the skies here at downtown Middlesbrough at the minute, and. Uh... <laughs> the the, the is about the same colour as Harry Belafonte's arsehole at the moment. <laughs> um, so if, if anybody was thinking of racing locally, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd give it a, a swear for a few days because I think we aren't half going to get it. Uh, with regard to the eclipse, I just think this is dreadful. It, mm. it's, it's not even half an eclipse. It's one of them eclipses where you can still look directly into the sun and not even worry about going blind for a minute. 
I I probably think Mishrif will shed some that Basilica on these terms. I think he'll be a little bit more adaptable to a messy pace. But I have absolutely no intention of having a bet, I'll be honest. No, Catherine, did you um, have any view? The same view as John about the race, really. I mean, I've, you know, you look back at the past winners of this race and you just think, what the, what the hell's happened? And mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've only ever attended this meeting once, um, but it was it was on my to do list. And I went um, when Giant, Giants Causeway in Kalanisi and just the atmosphere that day was incredible. And I look at this and I just think, Christ, this is terrible. Um, I've completely the same view as John. I'm not going to have a bet on it, but if I was pushed, I would probably side with St. Mark's Basilica purely because he seems to be um, flying the three-year-old flag for the lads. Obviously, he seems to get in, fact, in France a lot twice and just just be interested. I mean, he's obviously the best three-year-old um, <clears throat> at the moment in those colours. And so I'd just be interested to see w- what he can do against the likes of the, the two globetrotters at the top there. For sure. Um I mean, obviously, if, if the ground comes up, looks up soft, a, a day would be a very, very, I would say, strong choice if the thunderstorms open. You won't see 100 to 30. Mm-hmm. It'll be favourite if, if if the heavens do open. So keep your eyes on the weather and your fingers on the on the triggers, folks at home. Um, like like we pointed out, it's it's a terrible race. I feel really sorry for. Everybody concerned, really. Coral, everybody. I mean, even bookmakers deserve some praise from time to time. And 340,000 for the win, 129,000 for second, 64,000 for third, and 32,000 for a walkover, possibly for El Drama to take, for just literally turning up. You won't get that in listed races these days. Mm. And I, I find the field absolutely pathetic, and trainers need to be ashamed of themselves and yeah. their planning on this one. Um, like I'm tentative here because if we don't know the ground, we don't know what to do. Mishrif is the rightful favourite given given what we know and given we haven't got a clue on the ground, etc. So Mishrif would be a choice for me. But as I've said, until I know the ground, I can't make a choice. A day will be the choice if it's soft. Um, I'm against probably the three-year-old because I'm not really with any three-year-old so far this year. Um, you know, I don't think the three-year-old crop's a good crop, and I don't think supporting many three-year-olds, maybe apart from from nasty gyms, um, <laughs> it, it is the way forward. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd just be Mishrif and then a Dave, if not, if it was a case of um, um, that the ground uh, plays in that horse's favour. Right? Any other business chats before we end um, proceedings? Uh, oh, I'll go yes. to you, John. Have you? Oh, we've got Catherine's, of course. But, John, have you any other business? No, I think we need to get straight on to Catherine's good things now. <laughs> okay. I'm really? ready, Catherine. Okay. So, um, let's let's go let's go across the sea. Actually, hang on, sorry. I've got actually got one on the flat at first tomorrow, across the sea. Um, 340 at Nace, um, the Nursery of Champions. Quite like the look of Akinella. Um she was decent on her first start, was then put straight into a Guinness trial, which was won by Joan of Arc. And I think she just, I think it was too much too soon. I think she's in more comfortable company here, tongue-tied for the first time. 
obviously Colin Keane for Dare Lions in great form, both of them. Um, so that's Akinella 3.40 at Nace tomorrow. Uh, let's go to Bellastown. Good old Bellastown. It's just fabulous. Just just so bent, isn't it? So, <laughs> just, so then we'll have a look at Bellastown. So 5.35, Uncle Henry for Auntie Denise and Uncle Gordon. Um, for the ground at Bellastown, good to firm watering. This horse ran well enough at Punchestown, considering he wasn't fully tuned up. Gets in here at the very bottom. Jordan Gameford takes five pounds off, nine pounds seven. Um, I just think it just looks a bit obvious. Good. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean like you say, um, inter- interesting, really interesting. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Has Catherine got, uh, has Catherine got one here? I like that one. Yeah. So Uncle that's Henry. Uncle Henry, 11. 535, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you've got that, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so we'll go to the 705, which is Division 2 of the Handicap Hurdle. Um, Boston Brahim, tongue-tied pieces on for the first time. Norman Lee, small trainer in County Galway, first and second yesterday. Had a first and second yesterday. Uh, Boston Brahim, he's had three runs this season. Two mile one, three miles and two miles. I think this two mile four trip is most likely to suit at this stage, looking at his siblings. Siblings go up to three miles. Two mile four looks around the optimum here. He is a five-year-old. And uh, I think for this one, it's as, uh, as Rod Stewart would say, tonight's the night, I think, for that one. Um, wow. And then... Then we've got we've got our holy day, and what better on oh. a holy day than one for Mister McManus? So Sunday market raising, you need to be looking at Mister One More. Tongue tie pieces on for the first time again. Kevin Brogan takes five off eleven stone three. Last start over fences, beaten forty nine lengths. Trainer said that. The gelding had trouble jumping. Reverts back to hurdles here. So, so one think, more. I think that that's like a Belisha beacon. So, so what time is that race for our listeners? I will just let me just check one moment. Forty-five. That's it, John. Yeah. The four forty-five at market raisin is the Sabbath bet, and as yeah. we saw from Catherine last week. It was dis- it was disappointment and heartache with Duke Up as he got touched off on the line. But this week it could be Mr. One More, for please God. And Harry Fry and Kevin Brogan. That was hor- that was horrendous. I still can't get over it. <laughs> well, I'm sure we can make up for it this week. Uh, we've done our best. Obviously, the weather forecast is difficult this weekend, folks. So don't be hard on us if 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 we get things wrong, because things will change. I'm I'm certainly sure of it when you've got conditions like this. But Catherine's come up with some belters there in Ireland and a Sunday bet. Me and John will probably say Dushan is the is the blogger bet of the weekend. And that's one we'd probably go with. It would have been a special, but we can't be sure on the weather and other other variables. That's all. We're back on Sunday. There's myself, John and Lorne Malvo to chew the fat on Sunday with the week's hot topic. So I hope you enjoyed it all like we did and uh, got very giddy. Bye for now. <laughs>